our usual way of seeing uh, creates a lot of suffering for us. And what we're exploring is ways of seeing which are more supporting mm-hmm. a sense of ease, a sense of um, you know, space, uh, more flexibility. And I want to, tonight I want to go back through the three characteristics, you know, Anicca, Dukkha and Anatta, where we started with to go like to bring some some uh, some ways to work with this I have not mentioned before but also make a bridge to the more analytical one could say intellectual it's not really intellectual but uh, conceptual um, the conceptual way we have explored with the sevenfold reasoning of Shandakirti is to make a bridge how this uh, conceptual reflecting on emptiness can be brought into the investigation into the three characteristics. I think it's unrealistic to go for complete liberation tomorrow. But it is realistic to to notice which of what I'm going to say tonight and what I said in the other evenings, which of that brings some sense of relief, like a tiny little bit. Just a, you know, a sense of relief. So the relief comes through less clinging, through less grasping. Because the, our usual way to see things comes with a solidification of I and the object, and then the grasping, the clinging to that object, either wanting to push it away or wanting to hold it. And it is that clinging, that grasping, which is suffering. So whatever, how, whatever helps us to relax that grasping a tiny little bit, uh, is worthwhile to do, of course, because less grasping, less suffering. It's as simple like that. And it, and you can feel it. You, know, you can feel when, even if you don't practice, you can feel how when the contraction lessens uh, in the way you relate to something you call a problem, then suddenly the problem becomes less. I mean, the problem does not become less in the sense that something needs to change, but your relationship with it changes. And it's the relationship which creates the suffering, the way you relate to this, to the so-called problem. And when we go through the three characteristics again, it's good to practice them separately and also to uh, cultivate that kind of seeing of anicca, dukkha, and anatta with all objects and starting with those where it's easier for you. So don't start to be 
free with your biggest trauma in life and the biggest problems, but you know, start to apply this way of seeing uh, anicca, dukkha, and anatta you know, with things which are a bit easy, easier for you, so that you can kind of test it out. Yeah? What sometimes happens when I invite people to the possibility of relaxing the clinging that they come up with these extreme examples. Yeah. And then the whole thing collapse. Yeah. Like kind of, yeah, what is with the Jews in the concentration camp? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, let's talk about the unpaid bill at home. And and start there. And and then and from there, if you notice, wow, yeah, there is an unpaid bill in my room. But how do I relate to it? And how can I relax the clinging? How can I relax the grasping to it? And then you still need to pay your bill, uh, but there is less suffering in it. So, and then if you can do it with the bill, you do it with your favorite enemy, or you do it with uh, uh, like a a physical or emotional pain. So, and, and then gradually you, you extend your capacity to be more at ease with what is happening. So let's take some time of quiet sitting and <coughs> A short mental bonding process. Also, so to create the space for you to be able to engage more with what I'm saying. So, we initially kind of take care a bit about what is happening in you. So, we create some space for that so that when I then start to talk after the meditation, you can actually listen to what I say, instead of being preoccupied with what is happening in your life. So you check your posture and if you like you can close your eyes. And let this uh, coming minutes be a time for yourself, just, just for yourself. Being more in contact with where you are right now and what you bring with you into the session. So you kind of dive or drop into your inner life. And you make that a gesture of welcoming, an embrace. So letting go of any kind of escape mechanism. Coming to a place of more embodiment. 
And again, if it supports you, you slide on the in-breath, even down into your feet. And then, if possible, with the out-breaths, some release of struggle, of effort, of self-improvement. How's your hands? How are your hands? And the belly. Yeah, and we have capacity to soften, even if you don't know exactly how to do it. But it's like finding in your body this capacity to open, like, like opening a fist, a tiny little bit. shoulders, the jaws, the forehead, and then the whole body. It's like shifting from the doing to the being, shifting gears. And appreciating the aliveness in your body and you let it flow. Allow the thought processes to go a bit into the background, into peripheral awareness. And bring the liveness, the presence in your body to the foreground. This is something, it's more an allowing, allowing it to happen. <coughs> if you notice that you get entangled into the stream of thinking, Noticing that, and if possible, letting go and returning to the breath or to your hands, to the belly.
So give up thinking again and again, not trying to suppress it or control, but just giving up. There's some discomfort or restlessness, tiredness. Then what we explore is if you let that be okay, if you make yourself bigger, neither focusing on it nor ignoring it. It's just one part, one tiny part of your experience is contracted. There's a lot of space still. It's good to acknowledge that. might be possible to appreciate, appreciate the silence, the stillness which we share, which arises when we sit quietly together in the spirit of com- compassion. And we call upon our mentors and they flock in from all directions, the Bodhisattva angels, and they fill the room in front of you but also all around you with their warmth, with their mighty stillness. You feel the loving gaze and the smile. What is here if you feel seen and loved? Allow yourself to be bathed in gentleness and tenderness from the toes to the top of your head. Bathing in a healing light or bathing bathing in the scent of loving kindness or bathing in the tender words of the mentors. Dalai Lama, Kamapa, the Buddha, Tara, other Buddhist or non-Buddhist teachers, mentors.
and then returning when you get carried away Whatever it is, whatever is happening for you, you explore. The transformative power of loving awareness. The loving gaze. And then these mentors, they dissolve and their warmth, their joy, their love enters your body and gathers in the chest. At the heart level, so maybe you can Gently breathe in and out through the heart and you become aware of the Buddha inside. If you want you can imagine a Tara or a Buddha, but more important to feel, to sense. the indestructible source of care, of warmth, of joy. And then you let that warmth spread throughout the body and then radiating it out to the pores of your body. Then at the end of this meditation, I invite you to reconnect, to connect with the Bodhisattva spirit within you, a yearning to evolve, a yearning to heal, to come out 
with your gifts for the benefit of all. And that's why we are here tonight. To relax clinging, to change the way of seeing so that clinging can relax. So that our gifts can flow more naturally. to use our life to grow up and to wake up for the benefit of all. <clears throat> Obviously it is a big difference to conceptualize and to understand the three characteristics and then to experience them. But already reflecting and intellectualizing, conceptualizing the three characteristics, that itself can already bring a kind of a bit of relief. But then actually experiencing it, seeing it, see, seeing the three characteristics, uh, that is where then like deeper relaxation, deeper freedom, a deeper, uh, deeper spaciousness can arise. And I think the only way to do that is actually to do this in, in, a, in meditation. So that's important to remember. Of course, also to, to appreciate any kind of relief which comes from a conceptual, intellectual approach. And then taking the time to really explore these three characteristics in your own meditation, in your own vipassana meditation. So the three characteristics, they they, com com they complement each other. So, kind of they bleed into each other. But it also makes sense to practice them separately and knowing that you're practicing the view of anicca, the view of dukkha, the view of anatta. And, and, and working with that. Uh, in separate, in separate sessions, in separate, in separate periods, and also, you will notice that some of the, some of them might make more sense. So then you can focus on that, and do it with different objects. and enjoy any kind of relief you feel. Soak the relief in. 
So any kind of, you know, notice it. As soon as clinging relaxes a bit, there is a felt sense of that joy, of that relief. <coughs> and it's worth to uh, celebrate that and not saying, yeah, but I'm still stuck with my relationship. Yeah, but to, to, to appreciate the, this, the little steps. So anicca, impermanence. There's two levels of that. There is a kind of level which becomes obvious when we look into certain time span. Uh, for example, today. So it it is helpful sometimes to look back. What kind of states of mind went I through? Went I through today? How did I wake up? And what is the state of mind now? Uh, what kind of uh, experience did I had today, which passed? Difficult experience, beautiful experiences. So that we get a that that we get a sense of everything is coming and going. Nothing is final, no feeling is final. Or we could even go, we could choose a, a bigger time span. So we could, for example, reflect on how, how overwhelming a difficult experience was one year ago. And then, and then you notice how throughout the year it kind of releases, released it. There was a relief. So you kind of, you, you left it behind and if you did it skillful, you worked through some of the feelings connected with it and you give it, you gave it, you gave the pain the space it needed to be felt. And then looking back now, it's like a dream. It's like, wow, I made such a big fuss of, of you know, some, something difficult which happened. And now, now it's gone. Now it's not there anymore. Maybe still, maybe there's still some, yeah, but it's not at all like one year ago. It's like you can live with it. There's maybe still some grief or some fear around it, but it's really something manageable. So the same is of course true with if you have, if you are right now struggle with something in one year, it will be, there will be space in it. It will be, it will be like a dream. This moment will be like a dream. And soon when you die, all of this is irrelevant. If you lost something, if you, if you uh, went through a crisis, it's irrelevant. It's so. So that kind of uh, you know reflection can, in my case, it does, can bring a bit of relief. 
Then I think, yeah, okay, yeah. It seems so serious now, today. Let's leap forward. How, How long do I need to take it so serious as I take it today serious? How long do I need? Again a year? Ten years? Maybe I can... I can move a bit, I, maybe I can fast forward a bit. Yeah. And start to relax the grasping today. The grasping which will naturally relax through time. When we do reflections like this, there's emotional responses to it. And this can be all kinds of responses. So it can be this bittersweet sadness, this too shall pass, if it's something good. It can be fear. So be curious also about your emotional responses to this kind of reflections. In, th- in all the three cases, anicca, dukkha, and anatta, we have oh, fear, sadness, uh, joy, uh, awe. These are all possible responses. And we're doing this meditation not because of these possible responses. We're doing this reflection to liberate, to, to be more spacious to be a loving container to our experience, to our human experience. Uh, but the, the emotional responses, they are there, and we can take them into our meditation, and we can actually apply the same kind of seeing to the emotional response. So in the case of Anicca, the response to an emotional experience, like this bittersweet sadness, like this shall pass, which can be like, it's a strange mixture of sadness and more appreciation. Everything is so fragile and so unique and so mysterious. And and in the same time, there can be a, a sense of grief, a sense of loss. Uh, so then we could... Uh, turn that way of seeing to that emotional response. This too shall pass. Uh, like in the case of anatta, the, the, the exploration of anatta, quite often there is a response of fear, which is which is makes sense that there is fear because it's a kind of dying. So then then you would, uh, you would work with that arising fear uh, with, with the view you are, you're training in. So in the, in the case of Anicca, you would notice this too shall pass. It's there. So this too shall pass is not, it's not meant to give you another tool not to feel your feelings. It's actually a tool of feeling your feelings more more fully. 
because you can afford to feel them more fully, because you know that they will pass. Now, part of the overwhelm and of the, un- the sense of this feeling is unbearable is our view that it will last forever. And, and, and we fall in the trap again and again. It's like you know, when we come into a place of despair in our life, it feels as if we are stuck. And we relate not to what is happening right now, we relate to the fantasy that it will be tomorrow the same. And maybe for a year the same. So we relate to a fantasy. I mean, maybe you are dead tomorrow. So then the chronic pain is is irrelevant. And when we do that, we find out slowly, slowly that actually when we are in the present moment, it's always workable. The present moment is workable because it's gone. without you doing anything. It it passes by itself. Hmm? You say it passed by itself. So we have to stand it all the time as we're there. If you wake up in the morning and you feel this groundlessness and you feel a really Fear. Mm-hmm. Just relax, you say. Just relax. Mm-hmm. Just relax. And take it off. Mm-hmm. If that is possible, yes. Mm. Because I can't see anything else but that to do. Otherwise, mm. we go crazy. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes, uh, that is madness to. Uh, uh, it is madness to want this moment to be different than it is. But it's hard. Why? I don't know. Perhaps <laughs> I'm clinging to it too much. Yeah. So I have to practice. Yes, we all have. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Another skill uh, is to up to learn that there's other things as well. So, you know, the clinging and the grasping and maybe the wanting to fix it gives the the experience a status of reality which it does not have. So by broadening, focusing out, like for example into the whole body and into your environment, like open your eyes, there's the walls, there's the floor, there's the breakfast on the table. Uh, So that's also a skill to learn. So this is something with Anicca, with all the three characteristics, part of that uh, investigation is also focus in and focus out, like focus in on on specific objects, but then also 
broadening your awareness and apply the view of anicca to the field, yeah? not just to, to that which is contracted, but to the, to the whole field. Yeah? So sometimes people exaggerate the instruction of being with something. Like, being with something does not mean like this. Being with something would, could be also looking into the sky and connecting with space without ignoring that there is also pain. So you can play with that. Also, uh, like the morning, you know, it, it is like that. And I wish I could take that away from all beings, but many people wake up into terror, into darkness. Yeah. And, it is, uh, and it is something, for some people, it is almost like, like, since they can think, it is like that. Uh, so then, then to, to, to uh, kind of get different practices into your toolbox, for example, the mental bonding process, which is another way to expand and um, bring something different into the narrow-minded, I'm a problematic person, my life sucks because I wake up into darkness. Yeah, moving the body, is, yeah, so there is no like, it's like no, no one recipe works for everyone. So for some people it would be helpful when they wake up in the darkness to stay 15-20 minutes in bed and just be with that. For some people it would be helpful to get out of bed as quickly as possible and start to make the coffee and get moving. But not doing that as a way to escape, but as a way to create more space so that this can start to move and you can actually notice the the impermanence of it. So this is the like the kind of when we when we take time, like, but on a on a on another level, Anicca talks about the momentary momentary non-static nature of everything, yeah? the momentary vibration of every of everything. So that would be um, with different sense, sense objects, uh, sound, uh, feeling, taste, smell, thoughts, feelings, mood, uh, to, uh, to go down on like to go down into the vibrational level of that experience. Yeah. To kind of strip away as best as you can all these layers of cognition, all these layers of projection, and, and being like an explorer of the experience beneath words, beneath knowing what it is. So it's like going on to the going into the chi or prana level of experiences, and this is one of the skills of people who have chronic pain. Yeah? So people who have that's why 
Now that's part of the success of the uh, of John Kabat-Zinn's work, yeah? because he started to work with people with chronic pain who didn't have any other options anymore because they tried everything. So the only option that then they had was to change their relationship with that pain, because the suffering is not in the pain. The suffering comes through the relationship with pain. The suffering comes through the contraction. So uh, people who develop that skill and they drop down into the vibrational level, they, and, and even you know, removing the word pain. You know, pain the word pain is a, is, a, is, a, is a mental process. It's something you, you know, that, that's why we looked into you know, merely labeled, labeling yeah, last time when I talked about co-dependent arising. So you, 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 and then, and then, uh, so then, then you have that moment of relief. And in that moment of relief, sometimes healing can happen. But even if no healing happens, you have a moment of relief, you have a moment of freedom. The other skill, again, one needs to develop with chronic pain is to broaden your awareness and to become aware of that which is not in pain. So it's not just like going into the pain and, yeah, so because that sometimes, uh, if it's too much, makes it worse. So, yeah, going to the pain, going to the pain, but actually the contraction around it and the fear becomes stronger and stronger. So the suffering increases. So then it's again uh, important that you have also the the skill of focus out. And then some people say, oh, this is destruction. It can be, yes. But there is a way to distract yourself without ignoring that which is uh, not, uh, which is, no, without kind of uh, yeah, with so you you distract yourself without ignoring. So, like for example, going running. There's a way of running where you run away, and there's a way of running where you run with your pain. And while you run, you notice what it does with your pain. And you notice what it does with the pain when you focus out, when you. Can't become aware of the environment when you, when you become of, aware of the temperature. So, and that, of course, taking away the clinging, taking the way uh, of, you know, this kind of way, the, the way of seeing which, uh, where your whole experience is filled with the pain, with the problem, to a more expensive view. There's more, like in your body. You know, there's parts in your body which are perfect, working well, and there's life, and you know, and then we have a cut in the finger, and that's all we see. I'm injured. I, I have an injury. I'm an injured person. <laughs> oh, my, I failed in life. I'm an injured person. 
Yeah. And, and you know, happy feet. And then if we bring then the view of Buddha nature into it, this, this which we focus on becomes tiny. It's a tiny part of our being. So dropping dropping into the what well, one one could use the question like uh, wow ah uh, okay uh, dropping into no maybe guided by a question and the question what is this without words. There's a there's a quote from the Diamond Cutter Sutra, a very famous quote which uh, Lama Sopa also often quotes. Last last time uh, when I saw him in Munich, he he was also quoting that, and after each word, he d- he just paused in his mighty silence. I was like, wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he he paused longer than that. So so here the, the, the Buddha says in the Diamond Cutter Sutra, thus should you think of all this fleeting world like a drop of dew or like a star at dawn a bubble in the stream, a flash of lightning, a flash of lightning in a summer cloud, a flickering lamp, a phantom, and a dream. So this is like this could be one way to kind of introduce for yourself a, a reflection on impermanence. Yeah. So, kind of the the conceptual level can 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 guide us through through these words into an experience working with what is there for you in that moment like a drop of dew like a star at dawn a bubble in a stream a flash of lightning in a summer cloud a flickering lamp a phantom and a dream So this is not, you know, this is not a belief. This is how things are. So it's not that, to the, to the experience of our nature, we impose a conceptual, another conceptual layer, on. On something. 
It's something we discover. But the conceptual level and words like that or instructions like that, you know, they, they can kind of help us uh, and even just hearing that can, you know, I mean, read this when you have a problem. And then you might feel, ah, yeah, wow, I can feel a bit of, a bit more space here. Yeah? Because the problem is like a bubble in the stream. It is a flash of lightning in the summer cloud. It's like, yeah. Sometimes it's help to, to ha- have a, like a bigger picture. One way is to you know, show, uh, look at these uh, videos of the galaxies, you know, like focusing out. You know? There's this, I think one is like a, starts with like a little house somewhere in the United States and then it goes out and it goes out and it goes out. And then our, our, and, and further and further. And then even the whole Milky Way becomes like this little tiny thing. And uh, it's like, and there we are sitting in our house with our problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like, how narcissistic is that? (laughs) Doesn't matter. It matters. Yeah, it's it it's it matters, but but not really. So then, is also ask yourself: Am I more skillful with this problem when I'm like this? Or am I more skillful with this problem when, I, when it doesn't matter? And what is more fun? I mean, is it, is it more fun to pay the bill like this? <laughs> or is it more fun to pay the bill with, it doesn't matter, and I pay it anyway? because it matters. So then dukkha, unsatisfactoriness. There's also two levels to that. So one is the unsatisfactoriness of your experience because it is impermanent. It's changing, it's moving. There's nothing reliable there. There's no place of rest. So it is unsatisfactoriness because no experience will still your thirst. Tana, Tana, your thirst. This is, uh, this can be heartbreaking. I mean, imagine you have invested your whole life on a project and then you realize that's not going to work out. It can't. 
So that it, it, it it's uh, right. some resistance to this insight is to be expected. I mean, you you invested maybe twenty years into your career, and thought and thought that coming to the top that will be that will be it that will be no like a, a three year old old boy who says if i only get this bike i will be happy forever yeah so then you have invested 30 years of your life in uh, into your career imagining that in the end there will be the big relief and then you are on top and you realize it was a hoax they fooled you or you fooled yourself so you have to check that this is very important I kind of present this as a this is how it is but what is what is really important is to um, to explore yourself what happens if you give up the hope that anything 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 any of the objects of your experience will make you complete will make you whole will make you come home so if you give up that hope So what happens then? Again, maybe mixed. Fear, sadness. So what then? So if I can't steal my tana through my career or my relationship, what else is there? And then you notice the emotional response and you look at it from the dukkha view. Also the emotional response to that is not is, is, is not if it's a nice response, like you know, a relief or wow now here yeah, now I can do what is really important for me, what really satisfies my, my tana, heals my tana. But that relief is also tana, is also dukkha, because it comes and goes. It's a conditioned phenomena, and everything which comes and goes. So every experience, in its nature, is suffering. And then we have so-called good experience and bad experiences but they are all, in that sense, the same. So the last thing before the break is like the, a, bit, a kind of a bit more deeper level of dukkha. And that is to experience yourself that your suffering comes through clinging, through grasping. That, so the dukkha is not in the object. 
it seems like that, but it isn't. So where the suffering comes from is the clinging. So what in what what you become very curious about when you practice with the view of dukkha is you you become curious about how clinging manifests in your experience. And then you learn skills to relax that clinging. There's different ways to relax that clinging. And sometimes you even not figure out how to do it, but something in you knows how to, in the same way you, you know how to drop an object, yeah, by, by relaxing the clinging, we have that capacity to relax our clinging. Another level to, uh, another way to relax the clinging is to bring anicca into it. No? So clinging relaxes when you, when you start to see the impermanence and accept the impermanence. Yeah. Like the clinging to a problem relaxes when you realize this will pass. This too shall pass. So the clinging relaxes. And with that the suffering relaxes. The clinging to a good experience passes when you realize this too shall pass. It's wonderful. I, I soak it in. And I can enjoy it even more because there's less clinging. And I don't try to prolong it and I don't try to squeeze everything out of it. I just enjoy it in a relaxed way. So what? Yeah, it's a good day. It shall, it shall pass. So it's a bad day. So what? Another bad day. It shall pass. Oh, this is a bad life. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a whole life. Your life is a flash of lightning in a summer cloud. It's, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, this is not a final statement, it doesn't matter, yeah? So, it doesn't matter is a skillful means. Uh, and if it makes you freak out, then don't use it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it matters. Yeah, it does, yeah? But it, it doesn't. So, of course, you have to be aware uh, that all this, uh, that the three, or, uh, that the, the, the three ways of seeing can be used uh, in an unhealthy way. But there is a big difference of sacred indifference and just indifference. A big difference. Sacred indifference, holy indifference, and just indifference. Indifference, the just indifference is an indifference which comes from our fear of feeling our feelings and being in life and having the human experience. 
you know, the sacred indifference is something very different. Feels different, but also you are perceived in a very different way. Uh, a, a master who has uh, perfected sacred indifference is a completely different being than someone who has who practice indifference out of fear and inability to be with his or her feelings. So here, uh, with uh, you know, relaxing the grasping, the there's, well, sometimes it's quite obvious. I mean, we kind of feel it really like in the belly, it's obvious. There is grasping, yeah? so there's a contraction, but it has different levels. So it, it it's really like a, something to explore. There's there's very subtle ways of grasping. We really need to be f you need to be fine tuned in the into the subtle energy body. There's actually, as long as we have not realized anatta, there's always a subtle grasping, a subtle contraction in our energy body in our being which we which is also there when we feel when we have a good meditation and we feel quite relaxed you know like body scan or getting a massage so we feel really relaxed but if we if we fine-tune our awareness of grasping then we start to notice oh there's still that contraction around the central position and so then you are you are in a relaxed state, so that that contraction and with that the suffering, so the grasping is lessened, so you feel more spacious, more free. But then as soon as something happens, it's there again. Yeah? And then, it then the, the sense of self relaxes again, the grasping relaxes, you're more at ease, and then again. 